0: Our reading this morning is taken from Paul's letter to the Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 to 6. Further instructions. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that you may know how to answer everyone.
1: Wonderful, thank you, Krista, very much indeed. So we're coming towards the end of Colossians. It's amazing how quickly these weeks have passed. I'm sure you're familiar with the definition of a good sermon that it has an interesting opening, it has an interesting ending, and the two are as close to possible together. Well, this morning, uh, what I say is just a little bit shorter than sometimes because we want to give good time to communion and to prayer, but some very important ground to cover. And as we come into this section of the book of Colossians, there are some very practical instructions about praying and about speaking. And then tucked away in the middle of this passage is that little phrase about making the most of every opportunity. That's the bit that I'm saving for this evening. So that's a different sermon, I promise you. So our theme this morning, praying eagerly and speaking wisely. And these are two very important challenges for Christian living that belong together. I think an alternative way of describing them would be speaking to God about people and speaking to people about God. And the two go together. Now the previous select section of Colossians was addressed to particular members of a household and of society. Although there were principles there for everyone, nevertheless there was to some extent a focus on husbands, wives, children, parents, slaves and masters. But now it's the entire family of faith that is included. No one is left out in these words. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ today, then this is for you and it is for me. The call to prayer and to positive witness is to every believer. Both are equally important. The monastic tradition focuses very much on prayer and that is important. Jesus often taught about prayer. The Lord's Prayer begins when you pray, say our Father. It doesn't begin if you pray say our Father, it assumes prayer. The church in the early times in the book of Acts met constantly to pray. And many people are rediscovering the immense significance of praying regularly in their lives today. Prayer is very important. But our words and our actions matter too. The last words of Jesus to his disciples was actually a call to action before he ascended to heaven. In Matthew 28, 18 18 to 20, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. That's a call to action. And it's not that one person does the praying and another person does the acting. It's that both belong together, prayer and action. Praying eagerly, speaking wisely, belong together. So the question for this morning is how significant is your prayer life today and how effective are your words to other people? Both are important. So let's take them in turn. Praying eagerly, first of all, this phrase in Colossians 4 and verse 2, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Devote yourselves to prayer. Devote suggests a certain perseverance and determination in prayer. Not to give up or to grow weary. It implies a commitment and a discipline. There are two stories that Jesus told in the Gospels that link to this idea of being devoted to prayer. One was a friend at midnight. Some of you will remember this the friend at midnight who came knocking on his friend's door because he needed some bread to feed some unexpected guests. It was late and everyone was in bed. But he went on knocking until his friend got up and uh, provided the food that he needed. And then Jesus went on to say, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. That doesn't mean that God is reluctant to give. And it's only as an asked resort that he'll do anything in response to our prayers. It's not that. But it's rather that he expects us to ask and to go on asking. To seek and to go on seeking. To knock and to go on knocking. Whatever hour of the day. To engage with God in our prayers in a devoted, constant manner. And then you will be overwhelmed by what God is able to do. And the other story that Jesus told is the persistent widow with the judge and she kept going back to the judge of the community to ask for justice in her own situation initially the judge was ignoring her request but she kept on asking until in the end he responded and provided what was needed and then Jesus said of those who cry out to him day and night that he will not delay but he will come quickly. So again, the encouragement is to ask and go on asking and the promise is that God will respond quickly. So we're called to seriously engage with God in our prayers, to be committed to this, to be devoted to God in prayer. Some of us are just beginning to explore the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality course, which is something that we want to introduce in a wider way in the spring next year that encourages regular periods of silence and then some reflection on scripture and then some prayer and to do that at least twice a day not in a legalistic manner but in a manner that is really just connecting with God in a powerful and positive manner the reality is that everyone's circumstances is different And how you work out your devotional life and your prayer life day by day is going to be different to the person sitting next to you. We can't set out a pattern that is going to work for all. And indeed, this passage in the New Testament is not asking us to do that. But it is asking us to be devoted to prayer. To be serious in our engagement with God. To set aside time and to use that time really well. And then there are two adjectives that qualify this message. Be devoted. Devote yourselves to prayer. Being watchful and being thankful. Being watchful. That can either mean to overcome the tendency to drowsiness. Or it could mean being particularly alert in anticipation of what God will do. In the context of the first century and of the Bible. The illustration of overcoming drowsiness is of course the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus called his disciples to watch and pray. And he went and a little further and he knelt down and he prayed and he came back and he found them sleeping. Could you not watch with me for one hour, he said. They were not being watchful. And here Paul is saying as we pray Be watchful, be alert. This is a key moment of the day. Not an added extra. This is the focal moment. Being watchful. Watchful in the sense of of not drifting into drowsiness, but watchful also in the sense of what God is soon to do. Because the whole of the New Testament is written with a great anticipation that the Lord himself would return very soon. And there are many phrases that underline that, but particularly the words of Jesus, uh, where he was saying in his teaching, keep watch, for you do not know the day on which your Lord will come. Keep watch. Stay alert. The time is coming when Jesus will return to this world in power and glory when every eye will see him. None of us know when that time will be. And in the meantime, God is pouring out his spirit again and again to bring about the works of his kingdom. So the watchfulness is to have that eye on what God is doing and what God is still to do, which is so exciting. So don't let your mind drift or wander in prayer. But be watchful, be alert, and maybe... There's a spiritual antennae that can listen to what God is particularly prompting you to do on that very day as you pray. So prayer is an exciting engagement with God with an alertness to know what God is going to say and what God is going to do. Be watchful and be thankful as well. The reason for being thankful is not specified here but the context suggests That we should be especially thankful for the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. Which is our gift and our hope. It is God's gift to us. It is the hope for the world. And we are constantly thankful. We come to prayer with an attitude whereby God has done so much more for us than we could ever imagine. And it is from that spirit of thankfulness that we come to be alert and to ask for those deep things that are in our hearts and minds. And then there's a specific prayer request within this passage for the Apostle Paul, who was uh, at that time in prison. And so verse 3, pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. And it was especially painful for Paul that he was not able to proclaim the mystery of Christ, the presence and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that particular word, proclaim, is not used anywhere else. It's a very strong word. It's the idea of declaring what he knows to be true. The Apostle Paul was called to be an itinerant evangelist, to go from one place to another to explain what Jesus had done. And that was burning in his heart. And he was held back from it. He was longing to be let loose again. To proclaim what Christ had done. And he asked the church at Colossae to pray for him along those lines. And so we are called today to be devoted to prayer. And I wonder today, do you need to capture a fresh dynamic in your prayers. Maybe patterns of life have changed a bit and prayer has gone a little bit onto the back burner. It just needs to come to life again. And your response may be to bring fresh energy and commitment into your own prayer times, morning, evening or both, or whatever time in between. It may also be to take more seriously praying with other people We have a daily opportunity for prayer here. It's not the only way to pray, but it's a valuable one. And uh, that happens at half past 12, lunchtime on Mondays, half past eight, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, seven o'clock in the morning on Friday. Sometimes in recent times, when I've been there, I've been the only person there. So sometimes just one person meets, and that's been true of others sometimes come and be on their own. Not often, but occasionally that's the case. Other times two or three. But maybe there are others who could come and just be part of those daily rhythms of prayer. It may help you to pray with one or two others. Just to read the next passage of Scripture in whatever book we're following and to think about it for a few moments and to pray. We're particularly looking for someone to help on Tuesday mornings at half past eight to open up and to be here regularly for that prayer time. But whether you can offer to help in a regular way or whether you just come, that's part of a pattern of prayer that we are engaged with together in the church. But that's just one tiny element of a total prayer life. And it may be that you need to revisit what you're doing at home when you get up and how you pray. Where those times with God come, in the morning or the evening. Maybe that you need to ask someone else to come alongside you and say, can we pray together? And can we meet together? Maybe once a week or whatever. And just uh, talk briefly and pray. There's so many different ways in which prayer can come alive and where we can really engage with God. You need to capture a fresh dynamic in your prayers this morning. This call from Colossians 4 is to devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and being thankful. And the effectiveness of prayer is not in the words that we pray, but in the power that is released As we pray, and I particularly welcome the words of Max Lucado on this: Our prayers may be awkward. Our attempts may be feeble, but since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it and not in the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. Power is in the one who hears, Almighty God. So the words that you say doesn't really matter because the power is in the one who hears and who seeks to honour those prayers in the fulfilment of his purposes. We're not persuading God to do something that we want. We're aligning ourselves with what he wants as we pray. And before we share in communion this morning, I'll give us an opportunity just to pray together for a few moments to speak out words of adoration and thanksgiving just to express our delight in God and our gratitude, thankfulness for everything that he's done. It'd be great if we'd come to that point in a few minutes' time and a lot of people just speak out a word, a phrase of thanksgiving. Kind of let your tongues loose to pray because the Lord delights to hear us pray. And that could be just a very special moment. Not long prayers, just words, phrases. And lots of people just speaking out to give thanks to God. And then after this morning, to go away and to say, how can my prayer life take a fresh turn because of what I've heard this morning? Now, I've really used almost all my time to talk about praying. That's okay. Let me just touch very briefly, on uh, a little bit further on in the passage, and then we'll come back to the uh, acting wisely and making the most of every opportunity tonight. Because these words do link our prayers with our action, and the call is not just to pray, but it is also verses five and six to be wise in the way you act towards outsiders, make the most of every opportunity, let your conversation. Always be full of grace, seasons with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And I think it's really out of our praying that our actions and our words come alive. And there is a depth and a quality about how you live because you're acting out of those encounters with God in your prayers. So be wise in the way you act. We'll just look at the bullet points. I'm not going to say any more. And let your conversation be full of grace. Grace is at the heart of the message of the gospel. So graciousness is at the heart of how we speak. Let your conversation be full of grace. Words are containers for power. But you choose what kind of power they carry. Words can be very powerful. They can also be very damaging. But out of a heart of prayer and living a life of graciousness, words can have immense power for good. Be wise in the way you act. Let your conversation be full of grace and seasoned with salt. That's another lovely little phrase, isn't it? Which I don't want to miss. Because salt is for seasoning food and for preserving it from decay, and both are relevant. And our conversation should be as enjoyable, as entertaining as food that is made tasty with spices. But also our conversation should be purifying, wholesome, and instructive, full of wisdom. Remember the proverb, thoughtless words can wound as deeply as any sword but wisely spoken words can heal. That's a word cloud about the power of words and the effectiveness of a life where we are acting wisely, where we're speaking graciously, where there's positivity, kindness, compassion, life, blessings, so much there. And I think that beautiful picture, that word cloud, emerges out of a deep life of prayer. And if we pray well, then we will live well and we will speak well. Tucked in the middle of all of this, there is a Greek word that will be very familiar to you. It's the word kairos. It's tucked away in the little phrase of making the most of every opportunity. So tonight, my theme is Kairos Opportunities as we come to that little bit that I've missed this morning and revisit that tonight. So will you commit and will I commit this morning to journeying deeper with God in our prayers? to devote yourself to prayer to pray eagerly and to speak wisely that is step seven through the book of Colossians